I'm just showing off my gold-plated Gretsch snare drum. Yes, sirree. Let's see. All right, let me get my camera set up here. Yeah, <clears throat> I was just talking to Peter offline a second ago, and uh, we were talking about drums, surprisingly. Not surprisingly. And uh, it kind of gave me the urge to take this baby off the shelf. I don't know if I've ever showed you guys in a up-close, personal way uh, my prize Gretsch. Probably 1968, 1969, gold-plated, 24-carat gold-plated engraved snare drum. Uh, even the wires. I think the wires. No, maybe they're not. But the hoops and the key, the Gretsch snap-in key, also gold-plated. Yep, pretty sweet. Anyway, welcome, welcome, everybody, to episode 27, live from my drum room. Today is... The first day of spring, very exciting, really exciting here. It's uh, a nice day here in the greater south shore of Boston. And um, today my guest is my good friend, Peter Erskine, who absolutely needs no introduction whatsoever. So I'm not going to give him one. Um, so happy to have Pete with me. When I first started doing these a year ago, he was one of the first, I forget when it was, but I know I started these around, uh, sorry, March of last year, and Peter, I think, was maybe in April or May. Um, so it's great to have my buddy Pete back with me. A uh, couple of quick announcements to make. If you've heard the news, if you, in case you missed the news, I should say, I hit 521 YouTube subscribers, which is, according to YouTube, unprecedented. They've never heard of such a thing. They said no one has ever reached that many subscribers, 521. And the, uh, what did I figure? Eight years that I've had, nine years that I've had my YouTube account, I've, I've hit 521. So they're, they're pretty amazed that anybody could reach that number in such a short amount of time in nine years. So I'm pretty excited about that. So thanks to everybody who's subscribed. Um, and you know, people can still, still subscribe. It's still free to subscribe as of right now to my YouTube channel. But if I can find a way to charge, you know that I will, um, in fact, find a way to do that. Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. A um, couple of quick other announcements before I bring Peter on. Uh, so I want to remind everybody that this coming, first of all, thanks for watching today on this Saturday. It's good to see so many folks watching already. Great. Got a nice number there. Um, I want to thank everybody for watching uh, this past Tuesday with my two friends, Myron Grumbacher and Greg Bissonette. That was a blast. <clears throat> if anybody watched uh, yesterday, I was on Ian Palmer's uh, live Facebook show, and that was a lot of fun. So if you tuned in for that, Rich, I know you were there, Rich McCarville. Hey, Kaz. Good to see you, man. Kaz Drummer. Yeah, Kaz Rodriguez. Great drummer. Great guy. Uh, so thanks for if you watched yesterday with uh, Ian Palmer and myself. Um, upcoming this Wednesday, my good friend Jim Catalano, who we all know from Ludwig all those years, will be my guest. Looking forward to having Jim. Next Saturday, um, the 27th of March, it's Andy Newmark. Um, very excited about that. That gets us through this month. And Looking, looking ahead to April, I have confirmed Saturday, April the 3rd, I have um, Mickey Curry, 
longtime drummer for Brian Adams. And of course, you know him from everything from Hall and Oates to the Cults to Tom Cochran and, you know, a million other uh, sessions that he's done. But of course, he's been Brian Adams' drummer for the last 40 years, basically. Mickey will be my guest on the 3rd of April. And looking ahead, also Jerry Murata is going to be my guest. We're, we're finalizing a date. And April 17th, just confirmed today, Saturday, April 17th, my dear friend Ash Sohn um, from right over there in London will be joining me just across the pond. So uh, Ash, you know, one of my absolute favorite drummers and people. So I'm excited about that. So probably forgetting things as usual. That's what I wrote down. Um, <clears throat> Pete and I are going to talk about this, but I do want to just mention that um, if you haven't seen this or you don't own it, Musician's Lifeline, a book that Peter Erskine and Dave Black authored a couple of years ago now, I guess, but it's a great uh, a book for those of us who will be uh, soon returning to playing gigs. You know, it's, you probably wouldn't have had a lot of use the last year for this book, but um, I think we're all feeling pretty good that we're going to be uh, referring to this soon. Uh, and on that note, I'm, I'm getting my first shot on Monday. I'm very excited. And if it's the Johnson and Johnson, it's going to be my only shot, but, um, I'm definitely getting a shot on Monday. So I'm excited about that. Never been so excited about getting my arm jabbed. Um, thanks Joe Franco. Yeah, it's a good lineup. Yeah. Penny Lane. What do you think? Um, Thought I'd give Neil, my buddy, my bandmate, Neil Porter, a little plug for his Facebook show, NTV. And a big thanks to Mike Trickett, Michael Trickett, for uh, sending me this shirt. And if the people at MTV <clears throat> want to sue me for uh, black market bootlegging, um, I'll refer you to Michael Trickett, who made this shirt for me. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's a pleasure to see everybody. Jim Catalano, I'm really looking forward to Wednesday. Um, thanks for joining today, Jim, and looking forward to Wednesday. Um, but I know today, Jim, you're not here to see me. You're, you're here to see your hero and my hero, Peter Erskine. So without further ado or delay, please welcome my very good friend, Dr. Um himself, Peter Erskine. Hey. Hi, Pete. Hi, oh, John. Yeah. I mean I was, it's, there's a little time delay. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop, there, there's, stop. I've, I found that okay, if you're muted. I mute my Facebook. I've got Facebook on so I can see the comments, but I've learned to mute it because it really messes you up. Well, I, you know, and then of course, according to my kids, I should, I should just unbelievably completely mute it because they're like, come on, dad, Instagram is Facebook. is, But I, you know, I'm the know. Facebook generation. I like Facebook. I like uh, my friends. I, try to avoid any uh, uh, toxic uh, encounters. I don't discuss things pretty much other than music or, uh, you know, sentiments of the heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These days. It's great to see you. you uh, great to see yeah, you, you, too, buddy. you know, for all the heartache that the pandemic has wrought um, and I don't make uh, light, of anyone's suffering. But in my own case, uh, you know, we always look for uh, silver linings. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, I think part of our, our human uh, disposition, if not condition. Uh, but I, I, you know, the, this actually has saved my life, I think. Um, 
with all the travel, uh, I yeah. just had uh, a pretty good number of self-destructive things that, that were kind of uh, compensation uh, sort of devices, uh, overindulging in one thing or another, uh, usually related to food or drink, um, lack of exercise, uh, the occasional uh, cigarette, uh, you know, which I thought was, oh, this is fun. I'm traveling. I, I can be naughty. Um, and uh, no, it's not healthy. So uh, uh, not tooting my own weight loss horn, but uh, I'm, I'm at uh, 38 pounds uh, less than where I was. Um, and it feels it feels good. You know? That's so great, Pete. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I'm grateful. Uh, portion control. Uh, th- thanks to my wife, and I still need her keeping an eye on that. Uh, she she went out the other day and and had left a a, a wonderful pot of of uh, vegetable curry. Um, was it vegetable? No, I think there was some ground beef in it. Uh, anyway, uh, she was kind of amazed. Uh, uh, there was a dinner and then a lunch that I uh, after the lunch and and I finished the pot. She uh, this morning she said, "You know that was that that was that was for six to eight servings." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, left to my own devices, I will still overindulge. But uh, th- thanks to 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 being home, not home yeah. alone, but yep. home with her, uh, it's been great. You know, we got a dog. Uh, uh, yeah, going for for walks every every morning. Uh, 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 religiously, I get my mile and a half. Now I'm not a runner like you, no, uh, but but the you know the good fast walk, and I got the Apple Watch, which keeps track yeah. of all the stuff, and I love it. And that's and so all the stuff, just getting to be home and and rediscovering a lot of things, in, including some things about myself that needed a uh, little, little bit of attention, I guess. Well, you know, I, I just want to say I. I don't know if it was, <clears throat> excuse me, throat always gets dry down in this room, but I don't know if it, when we had that surprise, and thank you again for being part of that birthday Zoom that my mm. my kids and Tracy and everybody uh, put together, but I, I it was either where I saw you there or in another, might have been on Facebook, but I immediately noticed that you'd lost a, a considerable amount of weight and how much, how great you looked. And I was just so happy for you and, and, and that you know you it's so hard i'd like you say when you when you travel the way you do to s- <laughs> look at that yeah i want to see some bicep shots no you don't <laughs> <laughs> no but but i but i totally get it we've talked about this many times that you know when when you and, and i'm certainly aware of how much traveling you were doing before the pandemic and and it's it's really impossible to to maintain any consistency when you're when you're, you know, well, have, when you have just, a schedule like that. Just an example. When when I would be working in, in Cologne uh, with the wonderful uh, uh, WDR, which stands for Westdeutsche Rundfunk, the Western German radio. Uh, they're a big mm-hmm. band there. It's just my favorite big band in the world. They're, they're, they're just wonderful musicians, and I've done over 25 projects there. Uh, but they they have a great drummer, and so I don't get invited. But for many years, um, they didn't have a, a permanent drummer. It was a rotating cast of guest drummers. Uh, but still, I'd, I I would be brought over for the occasional thing. And and the last few years, they settled on uh, the Hilton Hotel 
down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, great breakfast at the Hilton, you know. Um, f- fantastic, uh, you know, omelet yeah. bar. And, yeah. and so what my wife and I are having for breakfast now this past year, a small bowl of f- fresh fruit, little bit of yogurt that she measures and, and just a, a little bit of granola and some flax seeds. That was just like, you know, I sat down, I had a coffee, I'd eat one of those. And then it was like, okay, now let's hit the buffet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then boom, the plate with it. Yeah. Good, good talk. Yeah. I ein omelet mit the, you know, you know, everything. And um, it's like it's a big old omelet. And uh, yeah, I get some uh, baked beans. No bacon. Oh, good. You know, and let's get some <laughs> bread for that. And uh, oh, hey, let's have a couple of, uh, you know, cupcakes because, you, you know, when you travel, you just, you don't know. Uh, I mean, there's no certainty when your next meal might be. So you just, yeah. <laughs> uh, over the years, I kind of got into this habit of, well, uh, just like you know, if you have a chance to to use use the restroom facilities, you take advantage of that. You have a chance to eat, well, you do that, um, and then that that spills over. Do you have a chance, to, opportunity to drink? Well, why not? Geez, you know, yeah, I, I've earned it, uh, or something like that. So, uh, being home and 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 operating under this whole different set of uh, daily rules has been great that's great and 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 your wife for anyone who doesn't know peter's wife mootsy is is um the perfect um guiding light for you yeah everything everything in every way and and uh, and i i remember and i know um and i had this coming to me a nam show maybe 10 or more years ago where we went out one night i think we ventured over to disneyland to uh to one of the restaurants over there a little off campus and and we you know we got a little out of control as we sometimes did back then and you know when we were in our 50s pete remember <laughs> yeah. when we were <laughs> oh beautiful yeah, there she is <laughs> uh, okay and, so and, we went to well, a restaurant yeah and then and then the next day <clears throat> you guys came by the booth and uh, Mushi said to me, in a very nice way, but but a very direct way, she said, "You mustn't indulge Peter all the time when he, you know." I think I think we decided it was that last bottle of wine. She was she was yes. uh, upset because I said, "Let's get one more," and it, and it was too much. We, we it was and it was yeah yeah it was uh, uh, indulgent and selfish on my part and greedy and um, well, no, I, I I I'm sure I egged you on and egged us all on. And, 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 you know, now, honestly, like I look back at that or looking back at a situation like that. And I think to myself, yeah, that was really just, you know, it was unnecessary. And no, you didn't you know. egg me on. Let's, let's set the record straight. All right, you, I, you indulged and you accommodated me. We were, we were basically all done with dinner and I was like, so yeah, it was done. Uh, so, uh, yeah, she's got the, the discipline I need. Here's a, yeah. Since I showed a photo of her, um, here's a photo when we met. This was back in 1978, and wow. she was the interpreter, one of the interpreters on the very first trip 
uh, or any any traveling I did with Weather Report, and of course that was in Japan. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, we didn't we didn't uh, become an item of of any sort until seven years later. And that was when, uh, well, here's a photo of her with Dizzy Gillespie. This was at a jazz festival in 1985. Look at that. That's a nice photo. That's a great photo. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I've been doing during the pandemic has been um, learning how my scanner works. You know, I, uh, I, I never understood how to scan negatives. Hmm. And they it never came out looking right. And then I finally figured it out. Uh, and I have an Epson, I think it's called the V500 Perfection Scanner. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then you get these accessories for holding negatives. And with the newer Mac systems, uh, I don't think the Epson software has been updated. Uh, anyway, I, I found something called... I have no pony in this race. I'm just mentioning it as a public mm. service. Uh, it's called Silver Scan. Silver Scan, and um, and it works really good. And then I'm I'm uh, I have Photoshop, but I really don't understand how to use it. Um, and there's a, a much user friendlier uh, bit of software called uh, I don't know how to pronounce it Pixel Mature Pixel Mater. Uh, M-A-T-O-R. Um, but it's very easy to, uh, like, for example, if I, if you look on, on this scan, you, you can see the dots and yeah, I, I never, uh, I never went in and fixed that. So with this, it's very easy to repair the image and then do some wow. nice things and it's fun. And, and I'm finding in these negatives, uh, photos that I either completely forgot about, maybe I'd given the print to the person I had taken the photo of, or th the developing kiosk or, or, or Photoshop, uh, in, in, a, in a sense of a photo shop or store, uh, they didn't develop it because uh, uh, sometimes, you know, you open the uh, back of a camera by mistake and the... Yeah, yep. Uh, so, so there's only yep. like half an image. Um, but meanwhile, there's like this unbelievable photo of Elvin Jones. Uh, wow. Freddie Hubbard. Because the negative is intact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went in and so when I have spare time, this has become like just such a, a fun thing to do. Uh, and I'm posting on Facebook. I know I should, you know, my... My son keeps telling me that Instagram is, <laughs> but the Facebook thing is fun. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think so uh, too. Sorry, you can tell I've 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 had my third cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> can I'm I so ask a dumb question? To see you, you know, I'm excited yeah. to see you too. I'm going to ask a dumb question. So, you're scanning the. I've I've never heard of scanning negatives. I just I I I've scanned you know prints and and made a JPEG, but. So you scan so, the negative? Yeah, and the mistake I made was I thought you could just you so they have these uh these little uh, negative hold, negative strip holders. Yeah. And and they come for negative or positive images. They you know you could put a slide in there or you could or you know if you have a whatever those square photos that with those kind of cameras that mm -hmm. like a Roloflex or something. Yeah. Um and uh so 
I would just I I I would uh, so you put it in the scanner and then you remove the padded top the white top that's on the lid of the scanner and yeah there is a there's another light uh, oh, it's okay. glass and uh, and then that scans uh, when that thing is is removed um, but you you uh, well I so I would scan it and then I would try enlarging that and I think well these don't look very good huh I'm not gonna bother so what you do you do a pre-scan and you just see uh, and it also helps to get a little I have a little light box and a, and a magnifier mm. so I can yep. kind of get okay. an idea of what, what's there so then you put the negative in this thing and you and you dust it and I, I wear gloves Amazon I got the white gloves the whole thing yeah yeah um, so you don't get your fingerprint smudges on them and uh, and then the pre-scan you see like all right in this in this strip of, of four negatives um, there's a great shot of John to Christopher. I don't remember that one. Oh, the, oh there's the John and Armin. Cool. All right. Then you size the scanning software and you scan that one shot. I see. All okay. Right? And then it's, it's a large, good resolution size mm -hmm. photo. And then, um, you go in and, and start editing. So, uh, for example, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to uh, my Facebook page on this. Uh, yeah. Uh, iPad I have attached here, and I'll just look for a photo that I posted recently. Um, By the way, while uh, you're doing that, I want to tell you that our friend Joe Testa is watching. Yay, Joe! Two of our of his favorite people. <clears throat> Hi, Joe. AKA the Fonz. Wearing my Vic Firth shirt that he so kindly aided and, and abetted. I'm going to change that, my view here so we're in the That's a beautiful shirt. I'm going to move you to there. So you're right. All right. So, so check, this, uh, check this photo out. Um, I, I never knew I had this. This was on 16 millimeter film. That's the. Uh, it was a little 110 cartridge. You remember those? Yeah, yes. That's a very small negative. Yep. And that's John McLaughlin with Tony Williams asleep behind him. I was going to say, Tony looks... Yeah. <laughs> flying from JFK to Havana, Cuba. Wow. I mean, it's wild, right? Yeah, that's... And, uh, and then... Um, let me see. This uh, this will be a photo of my. Okay, well, check this out. Here's I found this, and uh, did a little repair work uh, uh, on the negative. It's a shot I took of Shelley Mann. I saw that the other day. That's a fabulous shot. It's good, right? And, it's great. And uh, you, I mean, you the, the technique. The, I just got lucky with the timing. Yeah, but I know. It's because you know, I'm one of the musicians. I could walk around during a Shelly sound check and he was happy. Uh, I, there's another one where he's sticking his tongue out at me, but uh, <laughs> of course, um, let me see if I can find this, this, uh, this one shot. It's, uh, it's fun. And I love your infinity drummer posts too. Oh, where thank you. I'm, yeah. Very uplifting uh, and positive. Well, there, oh, and, so I'm, uh, oh, you were seeing all that searching. There we go. 
Yeah, so that that this was a shot I never saw. My dad took it. The back half of my head was uh, was was missing because of of the flare of of it being too close to the edge, edge of the roll of film, you know. Yeah, but it was yeah. fun. Uh, here I am now, folks. And uh, and great that you have all these negatives, Pete. You know, just so great that you you had the foresight to to you know keep them. And you know, there was a time when I I had a whole bunch of negatives that I probably have thrown away over time thinking i'd never need them again but so so check this out you know i have photos from high school or before still um in 2004 i i did a lot of touring with diana crawl mm -hmm. by accident i overwrote on a computer my only copy of the entire tour photo documentation it's gone that's it. You know, mm -hmm. I lost it all. So, you know, these negatives from uh, 50, 60 years ago, uh, I still have. Uh, so uh, here's my public service announcement. It's courtesy of uh, an engineer I work with in town here, uh, an amazing engineer named Rich Breen. And Rich told me, if you're not backed up in at least three places, you are not backed up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, okay. uh, you have, yeah, you have to do multi, it's not uh, if your hard drive will fail, it's, it's always a matter of when, and it never happens at a good time. Um, if, if you depend on your computer for work, uh, getting something like carbon copy cloner and creating a, a, a replica of your disc and then you never touch it. And, and label it and know where that is. And then do other backups. You can do cloud backups. I mean, the cloud is, is finally almost getting together with Apple. So that mm -hmm. there's still some, some glitches and, and some things that, that drive me a little bit nuts. But it's pretty cool. You know, if, 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 if I change devices, one, one craps out, I get a new one. It's pretty easy to kind of yeah. get myself <laughs> in the running. Um, and so... Yeah, so learning about all that crap, and um, and I even um, I'm replacing light switches around the house, and and um, maybe you saw my little uh, mask holder by the door. That uh, yes, I did see that. Yeah, uh, getting pretty handy with the varnish. And uh, I know. Um, and I, I I got a power saw. I'm very careful with it. I was cutting garlic last night, and I'm very careful. Not with the power saw, though. Not with the powers. <laughs> that was that was Jocko's old joke. You, go, you know, chainsaw for sale, used just once. Call Lefty. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh at that, but no, you shouldn't. But that's you know we. <laughs> Well, man, you've you've been making good use of this time being home. That's great, and and uh, and you've still had, <clears throat> excuse me, still had time to do some teaching and some master classes and and. Well, it's all teaching. It's all yeah. All teaching all the time. Um, I I, I want to get back to the infinity drummers list in a second, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when when the pandemic started, John, I you know, I had my. Uh, 
Let me see. I have my 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 trusty Zoom Q2N 4K, mm-hmm. um, and that's with the little microphone barrel attachment. You put it in any uh, mic holder, and um, and I had it set up as my uh, video and audio interface versus using the built-in camera and microphone and a, either an iMac screen or, or a laptop lid. Uh, and then I had a long enough uh, USB cable, so if uh, in the middle of the lesson I wanted to show the students something, I could, you know, I had a, I had a mic stand waiting, and I plunk it in that, or I just bring the whole thing over, uh, set it on a table, and then sit down and play. So, you know, that worked. But over the summer, I realized we got to do better. And mm. USC is four miles down the road from Hollywood, and. At one of our faculty meetings, I said, if, you know, if it turns out there's some school in, in the Midwest, you know, s- some small college in Ohio that that's doing a better job with video and audio than we are, then we, then we can't even justify our existence. Come on. We're, mm-hmm. we're USC, for goodness sake. So um, I got a little bit of a, a green light to uh, explore a better setup. And so I have, uh, I have this uh, A camera. Uh, set up uh, working and uh, this enables me uh, wow. for example you know I, I have I have one symbol just for the ride and you can see the kit um, I have a true overhead if I want to show something that I'm doing um, I have my snare drum special that's the one I've been grabbing and um, and I can even mount this camera over here. This is Sure adapter. So I can put that there and really, uh, really highlight yeah. the technique I'm using for brushes. Uh, I can also focus on Yep, I was going to ask. Right. And then you were also going to say, hey, Pete, why don't you have a party and invite your pants down to your shoes? Hey, okay. Thank you. <laughs> They're too short. <laughs> That's just what I was going to say. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. So I've discovered a few things during the pandemic. I'm going to share them now. And again, I, I, there's no, I'm getting, you know, of course I could say you should play. Vic Firth drumsticks, and you should use uh, I, Remo drum heads, and you should I would only agree. play Zildjian cymbals. I have sort of a professional obligation to. But, dude, check out these socks. Love the socks. Love the socks. So, um, I I got hit to these on uh, watch. You know, watching Hulu or some some you know some station. Um, these are called Bombas. B O M B A S. And for every pair you buy, they donate a, a pair mm-hmm. to someone who's in need of, of clothing. And and so my socks and my underwear were always like made of the material that I could get to a hotel. First thing I do, you know, open up the bag, put that stuff in the sink, wrap it up in a towel, try to get the extra moisture out and just really hope that it's dry uh, by morning, which it usually would be. Um, but that's that synthetic stuff. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I've been wearing for the last, I don't know how many years. This stuff is like cotton. And, and so I finally said, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to get some new underwear. Now, no one may be interested in this, but <laughs> man, this underwear, it's, it's, I mean, it's really nice. It's really comfortable and it's great. And I'm like, it's the little things in life. You know, I thought, this is really Absolutely, nice yeah. underwear yeah. and really nice socks. Um, and then uh, even though it's, uh, my wife hates it when I, when I put on cologne, um, uh, I was listening to a podcast and they talked about, you know, this will come up with a cologne. It's perfect for you. Uh, you just fill out this questionnaire and it's, this is called Hawthorne. And uh, the only drag they, they keep sending you stuff, but it's all really good stuff. And I, and so even though I'm by myself, I've, I've like gotten into, into this thing. I like, you know, a little spray. Yeah. Yeah. And I smell good here in my studio. And, and so I, you know, <laughs> I'm getting off on that. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can smell you from here. Thank you. Good. It's nice. I put enough on that you probably can. And, <laughs> and you know, and I'm in here for several hours a day because I'm teaching. Yeah. And and so, you know, I wanted to find the best microphone that would that I could wear. So, if I'm in the middle of teaching and then I turn to another camera, I don't worry about going off mic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to get something. And um, and I went to Sweetwater.com. And uh, do you know Nick Virgilio? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. The product specialist. Yeah. Well, I'm clicking around, and 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 their website. I mean, it's the relational database, whatever they got going there. It's really good. So, mm-hmm. drummer, voice mic, whatever. So they had a head. He he did a whole a a b c d e f g like eight or ten mics, um, one after the other playing the same song, singing the same song, but with different mics. So you could, and then you hear it in all the different, you know, just drums, just mic combinations. You could hear the, the amount of rejection. Yeah, yeah. Um, and boom, that, great. Clicked on it, ordered it. It um, sounds great. It sounds so good. It's, I mean, it, it, it works okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll demonstrate the drums if, if you want to hear how those sound. Um, so this has been great for teaching. Then, mm. of course, we discovered now well, a little bit of a weak link, gang, because uh, the students are you know either at home with their families or they're sharing an apartment with other people. Um, how good is their bandwidth? Uh, you know, somebody streaming movies, or do they have a gamer, or is it just lousy service? Um, or do three of his classmates also have a 10 a.m. Class, so the 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 you know the Zoom just and what's their microphone setup like? What's their camera setup like? How can it you know? So, in an effort to even the playing field, I mean, the school provided a lot of equipment to students, which was great because University of Zoom is potentially pretty boring. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the, the students have all been uh, great. The school's been great. Excuse me. Um, but now what, 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 what – this has been uh, several months in the making, uh, but we just got it up and running. Um, and pardon my looking over here. I'm just going to see because I think this should appear in my updated photos. So what I have going now – 
is uh, you'll see my uh, this is Aaron Walk, the engineer that helped me put all this together. Um, uh, let's see, I have to push a couple buttons to make this work. We created lesson pods. So when the county allows students to come back onto campus, they will uh, receive lessons in my studio where we have four cameras set up. We mm-hmm. have the uh, these uh, ATM, uh, ATEM, A-T-E-M switchers. That's how I'm doing all the camera switching. I have two of them wow. uh, kind of piggybacked. Uh, but here you can see uh, we got a large screen monitor. Yeah, and uh, I'm using the Yamaha EAD10 uh, plus a couple of overheads. Um, this is in, in in another one of the rooms. So uh, this little mixing unit, uh, the camera switcher, and and so the students uh, can. Whoops, that's it. So uh, fabulous. It's great. Yeah, here. here yeah. And, and so I'll be able to, you know, uh, heal down compliance. Hey, can you turn on your foot camera and, and play, you know, page 22 out of the Colin Bailey book? Boom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, now, of course, you know, in person I could do that, but... In person, what we've been talking about is six feet apart, plexiglass between us, masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what I can see with that. Right. With this. This is great. This is. I can, yeah. you know, I can, uh, and and I can also show them. So uh, we, we, and, 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 and this, and the university has a very robust internet and everything is hardwired. So, uh, uh, you know, Good stereo sound, yeah, yeah, and and it's it's better than in person in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. No, you're it's right. The, it's the best we can do. Yeah. That's, I, and I just want to, I, I before we move off off the subject, Pete, I do want to tell you that I love Bombas socks. Um, oh, you're hip to them. I'm hip to them. I, I own several pair. I kind of, I don't know, last year or the year before, kind of went almost. I'm not wearing them as we speak. I'm wearing some alpaca socks which um, really warm. They're almost like slippers. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, sure, in Massachusetts. Yeah, it's a little chilly. And, and Tracy, my sister-in-law, gave me these, I think. Um, uh, so Al, nice. Alpaca, Alpaca and his all-girl orchestra. That's yeah, Al, exactly. <laughs> and uh, But I, I'm, I'm a Mac Weldon underwear guy. I'll just kind of put that out there. I kind of, I kind of got turned on to those. What kind of, what kind of Mac, underwear? Mac Weldon. M A C K and then the last word is W E L D O N Mac Weldon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out if you recommend it, it. But 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 try try the Bombas trunks. I will. I'll try them. Yeah. I'm always you, getting emails you, you, from them. You may not go back. The, the the they feel so. I mean. But let me check them out though. They're no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. This has to. Okay. Just tell me. Is this is this the first? One of these where you're talk, talking about underwear. Of course. Yes, absolutely. All right. <laughs> it's a first. <laughs> Good. Uh, Great. Uh, oh, you know, that's, I, I, a scratch couple of quick, that off my, I'll scratch this <laughs> off my bucket list. Excuse me. Cross that one up. A couple of c- quick comments came through. I just want to, um, I just want to mention here. Are you guys uh, for real? 
<laughs> um, someone asked a great question or asked a, a question you've been asked before, no doubt, but um, I apologize to the person who asked this that I can't acknowledge your name because I can't find it. But someone asked maybe for you to just talk about what it was like to play with Steely Dan. Um, ah, well, you know, I, uh, uh, I posted, there's a, uh, there's a video from 1993, uh, uh, the shoreline. I don't know if that's one word or two. I think it's one word shoreline amphitheater. amphitheater. <clears throat> that was, uh, outside of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, really good show. And, and, you know, they, they, they do live video for, cause these amphitheaters are very large and a lot of people are outside the pavilion. Um, but, uh, and usually the quality of those, whenever I've seen these unofficial recordings are, are not very good. This one is, it looks like a TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, it sounds good. It looks good. I'm really glad that somebody had the initiative to do it. Um, and it's a, it's a really good documentation, uh, of that band. And, and, and that's another one of the things I've, I've just come across and I want to get my video editing chops together. Now is I've got some home movies, uh, from that tour. Ooh, yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, including, uh, our daughter, Maya, uh, singing, uh, Bodhisattva, just, uh, uh just Bodhisattva and, and, and jumping and running around in the bed. Uh, she was, she had a sugar high from the concert uh, afterwards. We filmed it because we were kind of uh, stunned by how excited she was. The the kids liked it, and, and so I had fun doing it. Uh, that was a good band uh, Great that they band, put together. Yeah. And I didn't know a lot of the music. You know, I I, uh, you know, I was I was hip to, to most of Asia uh, and Galcho. Uh, I hadn't really paid much attention to Steely Dan before that time. Uh, of course, I became quite familiar because I had to do my homework and and learn the beats. And so I, uh, they sent me two cassettes. I remember, and I transcribed every song's main beat because I didn't want. You know, I was thinking like, all mm. right, let's do bad sneakers, and how's that go? Yeah. So um, I, I I made note of the approximate tempo. And, and the beat and wrote it all very carefully in pencil. And then I got to a, a Staples. Um, when I came back from Europe, I think I did a lot of that on the airplane uh, and uh, photocopied it, reduced it in size, and then um, put it in a, a, a clear plastic laminate. So my, you know, if I spilled my Starbucks latte on it, it wouldn't yeah. destroy it. Uh, and then I had that for reference. Uh, and because I was doing a lot of jazz stuff, um, I, I wasn't a hundred percent confident in my ability to, you know, hold a tempo. And I kind of, uh, calculated correctly that the most crucial moment of that tour for me at any rate would be the first two bars of the first rehearsal, whatever tempo Fagin counted off, could I own it? Uh, and so for two days, I just, uh, you know, Steely Dan drum beats are, are pretty you know, basic. It's like. That's one. The other one is. <laughs> you got a couple shuffles and then you have the uh, Babylon Sisters. So that's basically it. 
Um, so practicing, uh, you know, Babylon Sisters was a little bit, which I learned from watching a Jeff Percaro video where he dissected the, the Purdy Shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 you might be familiar with that video. Where, I've seen it, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, the instructional value is great. It's hard to watch without getting indigestion because Jeff, Jeff had, I don't know, if he had to, a burrito before he uh, <laughs> right <laughs> something he's always uh, like yeah you know. um but anyway i i was able to learn the babylon sisters be thanks to him uh but then i i i uh i got the metronome out and i practiced the beat uh boom 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 you know at 112 and then i practiced at 118 then i practiced it at 98 and then i practiced at 123 and 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 tried to find the tempo where Okay, you didn't own that. Wrote it down. Went back to it. So when uh, when we had the first rehearsal and Fagan said, "All right, let's 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 play such such and such," he counted it off. Boom! I, you know, my confidence was there. Mm. And folks, that's what this is. I mean, it's a, it's a confidence game in in the in the in the good sense of the word or or expression. Um, you know, uh, it's no different from when you would walk into an airplane and you see the captain and you feel like, good, there's someone, there's someone here that knows how to fly this thing. Now I don't have to worry about that. Mm. That's, right. that's a, that's so, a great analogy. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we provide that. And, and I, I did one cheat. I watched Fagan's left hand. So it's like the, you know, the drummer with Ray Charles, it was always, you know, drummer, watch my foot. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't watch Ray Charles's foot, you were in trouble. So, with Donald, I figured, well, I could, you know, he was playing the roads. He's down in front of me. So I said, I'm just going to watch his left hand. So my bass drum and his left hand lined up for the rest of the tour. Now, I'm not I'm not making any claims to having yeah good time or whatever. But because I got his confidence, the rest of the tour was always, hey, band, with the drums. So, you know, that 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 was a relief because I didn't want a whole summer of yeah you know him give me a, a look or something right that, that that would just be a drag can i ask how how close if you can recall when when donald counted off at that first rehearsal whatever song how close was it so you in other words to prepare you you learn these songs at different tempos just in case he counted it faster or slower so how how close was he to the actual tempo of the record was he was he pretty on the money with well for rehearsal purposes, we spent three and a half weeks rehearsing. Uh, I can't remember uh, our starting point. I think a lot of the tempos were faster than the albums. And then we adjusted. Now, I mean, Donald was like, uh, okay, can we try that at like, uh, you know, one one twenty one point five? Mm. So he, and he we spoke in terms of like, tempo. no, yeah. yeah, we got to stick to whole numbers. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Cause otherwise you'd have to, you know, the only solution would be, uh, You'd have to double that up, so you'd have an eighth note. Yeah, click it. Uh, so uh, we convinced them to stay with whole numbers. But I've told this story. Uh, we were doing uh, "Hey Nineteen, mm-hmm. um, so uh, "Hey Nineteen. Now let's let's see if let's see how close I am because that's supposed to be one eighteen. Kids still got it. 
<laughs> I had no doubt. <laughs> I was a little under. I, 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 I haven't had lunch yet. But that's pretty close. Anyway, uh, that, that, that wasn't a, a gag or a setup, folks. That's, that's, no, no. I, I mean, when we were doing it, we got really good at, at, at tempos because that's all we did. We just, yeah, know, I'd never yeah. rehearsed three and a half weeks for anything. And, um, and, except and, when I was in I'm school. sorry. And, and you would, you would use the click to, to start the song, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't be having to, you weren't playing to it for the entire no, song. No, I wasn't playing the click because I was the only guy. Uh, so I had a, I had a, a Tama uh, years before my association with Tama, I had their large rhythm watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause that was, we determined that was the best one. Although the, the world's greatest metronome that anyone ever made was the Yamaha Click Station. Mm, and you try to find that. one of those on eBay. If you, John, if you can find a Yamaha Click Station on eBay that works, grab it. Okay, yeah. I mean, most of the ones I've seen are really overpriced, very expensive. The great thing about the Click Station, it had the little mixer and you had all the subdivision, but it had the what we now know as haptic, you know, the, the it's, I mean, Soundbrenner, stuff does this now their their little wearable metronome but the yamaha had this built in and 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 so you would just uh you'd be working with a singer and you advance to the next tempo and then you could just sit there and push this button and you didn't even have to hit start you just it was set at whatever tempo and as you push the button you got a silent pulsation yeah so yeah. i could be looking at at either the uh, you know whether it's the conductor or usually the vocalist uh thank you very much ladies and gentlemen and and now well you're such a wonderful audience and now let's go to rio you know one two boom and i don't have to like yeah yeah try to glom a, a tempo off a a light that's going back and forth yeah that's hard to do especially if you're like trying to catch your breath whatever so yeah <clears throat> so anyway, so the click station w was great, and and now Soundbrenner, you know, they were the first people to really come along, and 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 create a silent, pulsating click. And and I know a lot of conductors that that love wearing those on their wrists, and they get the tempo that way because it's a it's a pretty reliable way to get a tempo. I, I like anyway. that. I yeah, that that's a. I, I use this my, app on my to, phone. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, yeah. And there are a lot of good polynome is good. A lot of good uh, different kind of metronomes. But this this is the new uh, rhythm watch. This little Tama guy, and it's great. It's small, reliable speaker. Simple. Boom. Mm -hmm. So I was. What was I watching? Some. I told my wife. I said, you know, I'm 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 not dumb, but I'm so scatterbrained when I talk, and I listen to some of these TED Talk people when I, you know when I'm walking the dog. These guys are smart. Uh, you know, these women are smart. I mean, they know how to, they get on a topic and you can understand what the hell they're talking about. I, you know, the older I get, the more I'm starting to sound like Freddie Gruber. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of these things is there, it's, it, it can be whatever you want it to be. So it's, well, thanks. it's, it's all. And, and I say that with a lot of love for Freddie, yeah, but boy, was he hard to follow. He was. He was. Uh, by the way, Dave Maddox is saying he has a click station. So um, you do. I know where I know where he lives. <laughs> uh, a happy belated birthday wishes to Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Pete. While while you're saying while we're wishing Dave Maddox a happy belated birthday, I meant to say yeah. this during my intro. 
I must not have written it down, but I want everybody to know if you don't know, and I know you'll want to know this, Peter. Today, Joe Collado celebrates his 100th birthday. You might have seen oh this God. on, really? on uh, Facebook. Yeah, Joe, he's still alive. God oh, bless him. Wonderful. He still is. Yeah, Joe Collado. And for anyone who doesn't know, Joe is the founder and the owner of Collado Regal Tip Drumsticks, the inventor of the nylon tip drumstick. If you play a nylon tip of any company, you can thank Joe Collado. He was the man that, that indeed, pioneered that. Indeed. Yeah, so he's he's to drumsticks what Remo is to drumheads. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, it was, man, in the 60s, you know, we're listening to to, uh, to all these recordings with Grady Tate, and no matter what kind of symbol you had, if you got a pair of Regal tips, that got you pretty close. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, now I, I kind of feel like I'm sounding like the record. Um, and yeah, the Jake Hanna model. That was, Jake, that, I, was yeah. that was my go-to stick for you for a long time. The Jay Hanna Regal tip. Yep, yep. Jay Hanna had a great line yeah. because uh, 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 it's timely because we're in the middle of March. Uh, he was walking by the Brecker brothers while they were doing a sound check. This was in Nice, France, and he looked up with all the sound equipment and stuff, and he said, "Good Lord!" He goes, "That band has more mics than a." Irish bar on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He had a million of them. He did. Let me get back oh. to my Steely Dan story. That's yes, story yes, please. So, yeah. so we're doing Hey 19. Boom, bop, boop, boop, bop, boop, boop, bop, boop. All right. That was the tempo we'd settled on. I remember we were in... Cincinnati. And I felt the horns were pushing a little bit. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to change it to 119. So I told Gary Grimm, who was the drum tech, and he was the yes. guy that he would dial up the next. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if we kept the songs in a chain because the set would change. So we found it easier just to manually dial. So mm -hmm. Gary would, we'd start the tune. You know, and I, I was responsible for the count off, so I'm doing this whole big you know, that that whole thing. Yeah. Um and once we started, then Gary would reach up and he would uh he, he would he would set the tempo for the next tune. So I told him, I said, you know, for Hey nineteen, set it to, to one one nine. You know, and I'm I'm not asking Donald Fagan or Walter Becker for permission. I just thought it'd be a good idea. So here's one eighteen. Here's one nineteen. Pretty close. Pretty close. So uh, <clears throat> I count off the tune. We do it. The next day at Soundcheck, we're in St. Louis. And the band gets the sound, and then Donald and Walter walk out, and uh, they go, "Hey, everybody, good afternoon." And they go, "Let's do a let's run Hey 19." And then they both turn, and Donald looks at me and goes, "Yeah, you know, uh, felt kind of fast last night." <laughs> so I was like, "Wow, that's <laughs> that's incredible." You notice? He goes, "Well, did you do anything different?" I said, "Well, yeah, I changed it from 118 to 119." But that's that's fantastic that you noticed. And and he kind of half turning away, he went, he went, yeah, yeah. He said, 
Don't do that again. <laughs> when you're just, working with just, a singer, I mean, a yeah. one BPM is a huge difference. It is. And I've heard this story and I just, it just, it's a, it's a great story and it makes me laugh. It's just. <laughs> What's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and so they weren't, they weren't at all persnickety mm. um, about uh, beats. In fact, I mean, they got annoyed with me because I, I was, I treated the beats as somewhat sacred. Yeah. I Sorry. Know. But you know, if there's a Jeff Procaro beat on this tune i'm not going to mess with it you know that he found a perfect solution so i i saw it as my job to do that and in part that was not just for musical reasons but i would look out in the audience john and you know i realized i said i said these people aren't here they're 20 years ago and they're in the they're in the backseat of a car they're in a basement, they're in a dorm room, they're reliving this, these really great memories and they're having yeah. fun. And so, yeah, you know, it's a live show, whatever. But, but like Fagan was like uh, one night, he's, I, I mentioned something about a Bernard beat and he got very upset with me. Like, no, can you play your own thing? Mm. Which I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't have imagination. I just felt like these beats are, are great. Um, the note lengths, the, uh, you know, the chords, everything. So we, a few of us were really approaching it that way, which is whatever it is. That That's what it was. Yeah. And, and there were some tunes that, that seemed like, okay, you know, we can, we can open up. Um, I mean, one, one day Donald at rehearsal looked at me and said, can you try approaching this more like you're Tony Williams and you just drop some acid? remember this yeah yeah and i and i said no and and keith carlock has that ability you know and and still he keeps it you know where it needs to be so i of all the drummers uh and there have been some great ones you know dennis ricky lawson but keith i think has the best temperament in terms of his approach for what fagan wanted Mm -hmm. I, you know, I wasn't Fagan's choice. I don't think I was Walter's choice. And I think part of the reason I, I, uh, I had to make the hasty exit. Um, uh, I, there, I sensed there might've been a little bit of a power struggle going oh. on and, and Donald wanted his turn to, 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 to pick a different drummer. Uh, and Dennis did an amazing job and uh, being able to share any gig with Dennis Chambers uh, nothing to be ashamed of. It's a point of pride. But Dennis was very gracious. I mean, he 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 called me up. He said, "Man, I just listened to the the dat tape of this." He said, "I'm just trying to figure out what you did wrong." He said, "It all sounds great to me." And I said, "Well, that's very nice. Thanks." You know, um, but I, I think I did tell him, "Don't don't change the tempo of Hey 19." <laughs> <laughs> if I can give you one bit of advice, Dennis, yeah, <laughs> I can give you no, one. I, one I think uh, we all thought but, that, Pete. You know, it was, I mean, no, I, it was good. Yeah, it was good, but I, it wasn't the uh, definitive. It's just I, you know, I approached it so in, in such a Catholic manner that I, th I think, I think Donald maybe felt he was getting a little bit less of what he hoped for. But I think Walter liked it a lot, and and 
And when it came down, I mean, that was the guy I, I wanted to please. Because I, I had a working relationship with Walter. We had, we had, we had, he had functioned as a producer on several albums. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's a funny story. Um, many of you know I have a, a, a kind of a lifelong love and, and a bit of an association with classical music. A lot of my training was there. Uh, we're doing a, a two-day recording project. At the, it was uh, Signet Sound. That, that, that was the old Motown West. And um, Walter's producing. Uh, my parents uh, were in town coincidentally. And the uh, the the session was booked uh, uh, ten to five. It was two double sessions, mm-hmm. so it's ten to one, one hour lunch break, two to five. Uh, and you know, so that means you you got to work fairly quick. But it, that's that's that was a typical jazz album schedule. So uh, first day, uh. Taking a while to get a to get a good first tune done, and and we've eventually do, and then I think it's lunchtime, and the lunch has a very relaxed pace. And I went up to Walter. I said, uh, Walter, do you think we should maybe, you know, get back to work? He goes, Yeah, but we're you know it's fine. We got. I said, I just wanted to make sure you understood that at five o'clock tomorrow I'm leaving. I've I've bought tickets for the Los Angeles Philharmonic. They're doing the Corn Gold Violin Concerto. Um, I got I got I think it was like front or it was first or second row. Yeah, you know seats. Um, and uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet my parents there, but I have every intention of going to that concert. He said, what if we're not done? I said, I'm ready to go. If, if we're not done, it's not, it's not, my, uh, uh, <laughs> not my fault or not my problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he just looked at me like he just couldn't believe it. I said, sorry, let's, let's play. So we got it done. And, but I figured, oh, that's it. Walter will yeah. never, ever call me. And the 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 moral of the story gang um something my teacher taught me or told me he tried to teach me but you're too young to understand this shit but he told me when i was in college he said remember to always have the courage to say no and i think he regretted he didn't cuz oh well that that's this guy called me for a gig and and um, that might lead to some other gig and I can't turn it down and even though our you know the family was going to go out of town for the weekend yeah um, he's and and he regretted that and and too many times I didn't say no you know and Hollywood is the kind of town which really interesting the power of no out here is is quite interesting um, when I've said no more often than not, uh, not only will they come back, they it seems like they come back uh, even more appreciative. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, I, maybe that's a human I, psychology. I think it could be. Yeah, and I think I think the fact that there's a, a respect there that um, not that you didn't have that anyway, but the fact that you 
you basically said, you know, I, I have this other priority and I'm going to honor it, or I have this other commitment and I'm, you know, I, I think people respect that. I want to, I want to think that they always have, and they always will, you know, look at someone and, and say, you know, wh- whether it's even in their, in their subconscious, maybe even too, you know what I mean? Like you say, yeah. they come back the next time, like in the case of Walter and, and Walter Becker saying, you know, yeah, I, I, I was I surprised. With, yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great story. Yeah. The, the power of no. And, and I've seen it, uh, play out with, with other folks. Uh, and they're not, they're not being, uh, contrarians. They're not saying no, just to ruin your day. It's just, there's a reason sometimes you, yeah. you can't say yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's okay. You know, and, and, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, said, Hey, we're doing this thing. All these drummers are, you know, one of those typical, you know, beginning of pandemic, do you yeah. want to add your part? I said, thanks. Uh, no, uh, I'm not the right guy for this tune. I don't even know the song. It sounds like it's well-known, but uh, I I just, I think I'm going to say no. Uh, hey, no problem. You know, and, and I was glad that the guy, you know, the nose didn't get yeah, yeah. knocked out of joint because I, I said no. Uh, but I, you know, that was a concept. I just said, I don't want to do that shit anymore. I don't want to be part of the, you know, sixteen frame drummer playing, whatever. Yeah. Um, totally. I just like this. Yeah. Just, I just the two of us, John. I like I love me too, me too. And 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 I'll I'll say thanks again for for taking the time to do this. Uh, I'm My gonna great see pleasure. Are, are there any um, any comments? Lots of comments. Um, uh oh. Let's no. All all, all very good stuff. Um, Let's see. DiCarlo is asking. Oh no, he's talking to someone else. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I. I'm just, I want to find. I did pin a couple of comments. Um, oh, Dave Maddox, our friend Dave Maddox. Peter, would you talk? Would you would love to t- to talk to you a bit about your trio recording for your ECM with John Taylor? Oh, yeah. John was wonderful. Yeah. Um, basically, the ECM recordings. Uh, John Taylor was a British pianist uh, known uh, in great measure for his work with uh, Kenny Wheeler. And he played in a trio with Kenny and Norma Winston. Uh, it was uh, known as Azimuth. And uh, I remember uh, the John Abercrombie trio with John, myself, mm-hmm. and Mark Johnson um, at the Fat Tuesdays Club in New York. We, we, we shared a week with them, so we got to hear them play a couple, two or three times a night. Uh, and his rhythmic uh, inventiveness and, uh, and prowess was, uh, it was a mind blower. I was just like, boy, I would love to play with this guy someday. Um, and so it was very much not in the in the Bill Evans mode. It was a, a very physical kind of rhythmic thing. Although John, it turned out, uh, was a big fan and aficionado uh uh, and lover of of the music of Bill Evans, so our trio eventually went there. Um, the bass player Pally Danielson, uh, many of you might have known his work with Keith Jarrett's so-called European Quartet, um, and uh, and so it just seemed like a, a it would be a good combination. And we uh, ended up the first time we really well we 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 did a little bit of touring with Kenny Wheeler's Quintet. And we would do one trio tune each night. But the first time we actually 
played kind of as a trio was was in the recording studios uh, known as Rainbow Studios, which were in Oslo, Norway. So you're you're very far north and you're not mm-hmm. near anything. Um, you're there for one purpose to to make music. Um, the studio uh, was one large room. They did have a couple of small, like isolation rooms with sliding glass doors, but we didn't use those. We're all in the room. Uh, piano's wide open, no blanket on it or anything. Um, and so, of course, the piano and bass microphones will hear the drums if the drums get too loud. So you have to mm-hmm. kind of really adjust your touch. And what we heard in our headphones sounded like the record. Um, so it affects your touch. It affects the, the note density. Um, and you have the, uh, you know, it's winter there for at least half the year. So you have that beautiful winter daylight coming in these very large windows. It used to be a, a movie theater, a, a, a cinema. So you, you can imagine the size of the room, very large room. Mm-hmm. Um, light like baby blue walls. I mean, it was, it was, it was mm. just a, a wonderful, and wood, you know, Scandinavians and wood, they, yeah. Scandinavia is great. I mean, uh, you know, I, I like Sicily as much as, 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 as the next guy <laughs> and it's soulful and it's great. But you know, the nice thing about Scandinavia, you know, everything works up there. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you just like, Oh, great. Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> So it, it, was, it was just a, a this rarefied place to make music, and uh, what a treat! And and usually by the the middle of the second day, you'd be done with all the tracking and start mixing. So uh, the trio albums were fun. I did one album for Manfred Eicher uh, with Gary Peacock. And we had just finished a couple days in the studio with the band Bass Desires. And and that was John Schofield, Bill Frizzell, Mark Johnson, myself. We'd been touring. We're very comfortable with each other musically, personally. Making the album was just a hoot. It was fun. Um, I stayed an additional couple of days to work with Gary Peacock, uh, along with Jan Garberek on saxophone, and Pally Mikkelborg, a wonderful Danish trumpeter. And uh, and all of a sudden I felt, whoa, where are all my buddies, you know? And uh, God, now I have to kind of sound like Jorn Christensen or Jack DeJanette. And so we do the first take, and I I go in to listen to the playback, and the drumming sounds just horrendous. It's really awful. Uh, there's no center to to anything I'm doing. I can hear that I'm trying to. I can't play like Jack DeJanette. Nobody can play like Jack DeJanette. Well, <laughs> um, that's what's so incredible about Jack DeJanet, number one. Um, because he's just so endlessly inventive. But, the, you know, I hadn't even studied Jack's drumming, but all of a sudden I felt like it. So it was like nothing to to anybody, my drumming. And I'm very self-conscious. And, and Manfred, who could be a very ball buster of, of, a, of a producer, um, that's not language he would appreciate, but <laughs> we're a bunch of drummers here, so yeah. that's right. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> and he, friends. Yeah, friends. Tough guy, and uh, doesn't mince words. He comes over to me and and he kind of just gives me a little pat on the back. He says it's going to be okay. He says, he said, just listen. 
said, you're not listening. I can tell you're not listening. Just, just listen. Everything will be fine. Which is, you know, the most profoundly great advice you could give anybody. Yeah. So I took the pressure off myself of trying to be something I wasn't. And I just listened. And all of a sudden, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe that would, you know, it's funny. We're talking about Jeff for Carl. Um, and Jeff holds a special place in all our hearts. Uh, number one, because he was, he was a drumming legend. Number two, he was just such a beautiful human being. And, and we lost him way too young, which, which makes it all the more uh, poignant of, 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 of a sauce, you know, for us to kind of savor. I mean, it, it, you know, there, it's a very heady brew. I'm sorry to put this on gastronomic terms, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's just a very potent blend of things when, when, when you think of Jeff. Mm. Um, yeah. I think I felt a responsibility to try to play his beats. I did it in Steely Dan, and then two years later, I'm working with Boz Skaggs. And that's that's almost all Jeff. Right. And the great rock percussionist Lenny Castro was playing. And Lenny's you know, he's being encouraging, being good. Now I've, I've and I've and some of the other musicians in Boz's band, I didn't I'm meeting all of them for the first time. All they're all great. I'm the definitely the guest. But uh, for uh, I think Boz had the same management as Steely Dan, so I, I think he had come and seen a show or something. Anyway. I think you're right about that, yeah. Yeah. So I'm Playing the, and he's a Boz is an unbelievably great human being. I really, it was just a short tour, but I had so much admiration for him. Just seeing him uh, work not only as an artist, but just as a person. I, I really like him. And uh, I'm doing a, a, a pretty serviceably good imitation of Jeff. I have no doubt. Yeah. And, you know, what's that? But one night, I played something. I can I can lay claim to this. I played something for the same reason Jeff would have played it there, and I and I noticed it, and I heard a ah, and I look over and Lenny's playing, and he smiled and he yelled during the tune. He goes, "Now you're starting to get it." Oh man, yeah. And I was like, I was like, thanks, <laughs> you know. Because I was just spending enough time there, I was ah. So he, I think you know, he sensed immediately, and maybe everyone did that. It went from imitative to inventive um, to organic. Yeah, yeah, or something. Uh, and that's not easy. And I don't like if I knew how to bottle it, I would. Um, uh, it was a fleeting moment, um, but maybe Jeff was like, "All right, I'll, I'll give you a couple seconds of what it really feels like." Well, you know, that's, but it was fun. Uh, that's very generous too. And I, I think if I can say, you know, I, I, for anyone to walk into a situation like that, like you say, where it's, you know, Jeff had created those, those like iconic beats with Boz Skaggs and, and so many with Steely Dan. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I think anyone would, would want to in their own way, preserve that and, and, you know, and, and say it's, I think we'd all agree they're perfection. So why change it? You know? And, um, yeah. So, uh, my, yeah. So it's understandable. You came in with that perspective and uh, it's really cool though, that you, 
felt something at that moment and yeah just yeah. just it was just a brief yeah. brief moment but you know we all we we have brief moments i i i've talked about another brief moment on occasion um this was uh that sounds like i'm name dropping i don't mean to but i was touring with joni mitchell and we were doing uh, a series of concerts uh rhythm section was chuck berghofer and myself uh, the pianist would, would normally, uh, they'd, they'd hire a local pianist because it was all written stuff. But for a few of the concerts, uh, instead of it being a sax solo, they would have uh, Herbie Hancock. Herbie was brought in as a guest artist uh, at a few uh, uh, concerts in a, a few different cities. And, and so here we are in, in New York, and we're playing, um, it used to be called the Felt Forum. It's a smaller venue within Madison Square Garden. It's not the big, not where the hockey games or basketball games are played. Mm. It's like the basement or something. It's a nice, good-sized room. So uh, a lot of people there, and uh, they're like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Herbie Hancock. So Chuck and I start this... A vamp, right? And we're playing along, and 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 Herbie waves. I switched cameras too soon. He kind of waves, eh. and 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 as soon as he his butt hits the piano bench, he plays two chords like one, two, three, four, beep, bop. All right, yeah. So check this out. So I'm going beep, bop, and I swear to goodness, John, it was like. It was like some kung fu shit. Oh man! <laughs> I felt, I felt my, I felt it just like whoop. Yeah. The time, he projected such a specifically strong rhythm. Yeah. And rhythmic feel that it just locked. I and and that was a palpable. Yeah. It was. It was like. It was like. Uh, you know, in Kung Fu, you know, when, when you see those movies, they're going to go, whoo, you know, they do yeah, that. And then the yeah. guy goes flying across the room. Yeah. 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 It was that same kind which, of thing. Which like, I had like, happen to me one time. Um, There's an engineer uh, who was a black belt in Kung Fu. And, and I was you saying, really hey, had it happen to you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I said, hey, what's that? Come on. What? You know, no, no. I said, don't show me. So let's, I mean, slow motion. You know, okay, slow motion. But let's pretend I'm some asshole and I come at you with a beer bottle. And and then the next thing I know, I'm I like, you know, I got my head. Up, uh, <laughs> and he said, are you okay? I said, yeah. I said, what's this happened? He goes, that was slow. But he said, you know, the goal is you, you don't want to, you don't ever want it to go that far. Right. I said, okay, so I keep pestering him. I haven't learned my lesson. <laughs> and he, he mentioned one time in a bar, the only time he ever had to use it was a guy was threatening him, and he, he did this thing, and he kind of plants his feet, and the guy felt the key, the, the energy, he said. And, the, and, and he said the guy like realized, wow. whoa, some other thing. So I'm like, you got to show me. He said, no, I don't want to show you. I said, come on, you got to show me. Like, just just like a little bit. And um, and you guys catch me if any you know, kind of thing. And I don't know if it's a power suggestion, but he's, boom, he does this thing, John. I go, my ass goes flying across the room. No kidding. It was weird. Yeah. 
And it, he never touched you, but it was just he the, never touched the energy. Just the- he never touched me. So wow. there's something out there. And Herbie Hancock's got the kung fu shit on the yeah. piano. Now, I, d- I did this thing there called Stick People with, with, with Lenny, uh, Lenny White. Have you seen this? Michael Shreve, Lenny White, uh, Greg Errico, David Garibaldi, and Mike Clark. Yes. Um, yes. And, and we had a Zoom. I thought we were just hanging out. I didn't realize it was they were going to post it. But I'm glad they did. We had a good talk. And, and we, we talked about that. And Lenny had some very interesting like theories of what was happening with Herbie. Uh, of course, he's played with Herbie a lot. And of course, yeah. so did Mike. Um, but that, that was a lot of fun. That's very cool. That's a very cool story. Um, I'm going to ask a question on behalf of Anthony Cucina. Um, and Anthony, I know I, I, I'm one of these days, I think it's Cucina or Cucina. It's one of those. It's one of those two. Um, Peter, what is your procedure when dealing with potential clients and receiving and sending data for songs? Are you asking, is he asking as a drummer or as a, as a I think as a drummer, if someone wants you to play uh, a, a song, you know, on a record, like I'll tell you exactly what it is. Um, I, I always thank them for their interest. I ask them if I'm not familiar with their work to send me, uh, you know, either a copy of the song or a copy of their work that's representative of what I'll be doing. Uh, and as I explained it, I say I want to be confident that I'm I'm going to be the right person to to to, to add drums to this recording. Um, and if I feel that it's just musically not compatible, uh, I'll just say I you know I'm really not the right person for this. I'm not comfortable playing this. And uh, you know I'm my own manager for that kind of stuff. So usually uh, you know the, the the price may vary a bit depending on the complexity of the thing. But generally, I try to offer a reasonably friendly price, uh, but for reasonable expectations. Mm-hmm. So uh, they send the stuff. I, uh, I say, uh, you need to be available. If you want to have any feedback on this, this is when I can do it with the engineer. We will send you a, a, a rough mix of whatever source track you sent and my drums and MP3. And, um, you know, let us know if, 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 if I feel that's the take, I may tell you, wow, I think I got it or yeah. what notes you give notes. I said, you get one more take and, I'll, uh, you know, I, uh, it's not missed warts and all. It's, it's I, I, when I say one more take, it's going to be, you know, the best drum take I can do. But, um, you know, it's not like, well, you know, that one fill and uh, two before letter D, you want, you hit the time. Uh, like, no, there, there are no redos on that stuff. Yeah. So it's just to let them know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I'm an improvising drummer. You know the way I play. That's why you contacted me. And, you know, one guy, one guy said, wow, the, uh, that, uh, those drum fills are, are spacey. And I wrote back, the part says play spacey drum fills. I said, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, it's key that as you say too, you, 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 you hope that they're familiar with your playing up front so that their, their, their expectations are already there in terms of what, you know, what they anticipate they're going to get, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I obviously it's a, a 
you know, oh, you know, wow, brushes? I thought you were going to do sticks. Oh, you want stick or whatever. But mm. I try to get that sorted out. And, and that's what the first pass is for. A lot of stuff, if I'm working on a film, uh, you know, with this home recording, it's we, we there you know twenty musicians or more simultaneously tracking at home. It doesn't go round robin all the time. Yeah, some things will be let's get the drums on first, and then we'll add. But a lot of times it's just your engineer's getting it all in, and by that evening he or she is mixing it. So um, they kind of trust you to be your own producer on it. Um, but I'll always say is. You know, do you have any notes for me, or is that the direction? Now, I am doing a session next week where the artist will be uh, Zoom present, yeah. uh, and we'll see how that goes. I normally, uh, you know, I I kind of prefer just let me concentrate. I'll work on it. We'll send it to you. Give me your notes. I'll make the the adjustments, and then um, depending on how much music we have to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my favorite clients, not because I'm lazy, but are generally the ones that, great, thank you. I mean, yeah. when I hire somebody and I know who I'm hiring, nine times out of 10, my reaction is, wow, that's great. We're done. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Whatever choices they may have made, because that's why I called them in the first place. So they would make choices, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, the to yeah. to micromanage or control freak uh, those elements and it, and it's tough. I mean, I I have had to tell clients. Um, I say, I just want to make sure you're not married to the demo because this electronic drum track. What I'm going to do will sound nothing like that. And if you're expecting that, then let's not do this. Yeah. Um, and one time I I I did a I did a track for a guy really nice music, and um, he he didn't like it, so I I and I was building the track. I was really excited about it. It was like you know mm. building a layer. I did a brush layer and then I'm building the thing. And he goes, "Well, no, I I don't. You, you did a you did a fill." And I said, "You know what? This this was a mistake. You don't owe me any money. I'll pay for the engineer. Thanks. It's been fun. No, but I said no. You don't get the track." Mm. So now I got this really good drum track. I got to write a tune around it. <laughs> Do you think it was just a miscommunication? A, a miscommunication? Yeah, and, I, and, but yeah, I just was, and I should have been a better sport. Said, all right, I'll. But I was like, you know, if you don't like it, that's why. That's why it's Pro Tools. When you're mixing, just take those yeah. two bars and whatever you want. I'm giving right. you everything you you want. He goes, well, no, then that means I have to get an engineer to do that. I want it. He wanted the perfect drum track from me and yet i can't read his mind yeah he wanted something finished like that yeah <clears throat> i thought i would have him. to yeah but those I'm are just, probably few and far between right those situations it's i would bet that when when people come to you they know what they're they're going to get and it's you know i'm you know i, I mean I, uh, there are all the stories we used to hear about phil woods um you know when when um i think it was uh, i don't know if it was Steely Dan. I mean, I know he did the uh, uh, the Billy Joel. Just I love you just the way you are. Do 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 do. It was an amazing record, but I think he just 
did one take on that and and they might have been like licking their chops like oh good now we can um uh no he was packing up his horn already and i, and I saw herbie hancock to bring him up again it was an album for michelle colombier and they played him a little bit they got the sound the uh, he was just using the speakers in the control room he had his little mini moog uh and he turned now, this was just in the days of tape, but, you know, yeah. be, well, that was great. Let's punch in right before the bridge, and can you give me a little more? He turned to the engineer, or the the, the guy, the assistant running the tape. He said, uh, I'm going to give you two takes on this. Be sure you record both of them. And that was his announcement to the room. There's not yeah. going to be any punching in and no second guessing. And of course, the first take was great. I don't even know if he did a second one. They were just like, yeah, yeah fantastic. But he let everybody know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, when you're Herbie Hancock, you know, you can do that. I, you know, it reminds Hal Blaine used to tell this story about when he worked with Frank Sinatra. <clears throat> and Frank would come in and in the old, you know, wrecking crew days and say, okay, band, I'm only going to sing this once. You know. <laughs> so. And, you know, Hal used to say, you know, you know, and they were all a bunch of funny, you know, screwball kind of guys who played their asses off the wrecking crew. But he said, you know, he'd say, we, you know, we were all on our best behavior when when the chairman was in the room because there was no messing around. He, you know, no. And everybody would 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 be at the top of their game for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I love that stuff. I I always loved direct to stereo recording just because of the heightened awareness that everyone needs to have, you know, yeah. you, you, there's no fixing. Right. And, and there's just a thing. And, and if we listen back to some of our favorite records, why are they favorites? Cause that's how they did them. They went in, they boom. Um, and a lot of stuff that I remember when I was younger, like, Oh, I wish I'd gotten another take or, you know, at, it's what it is, and 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 oftentimes doesn't sound as bad as you remember. But I mean, that's that's mm -hmm. the correlation of the older I get, the better I was. <laughs> uh, I love that. I can use that now too. <laughs> well, Pete, we we've hit the. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. I know we've hit that. So no, the okay. Infinity Drummers list. I just wanted to talk about that. Explain it. Yes, uh, absolutely. As long as you want. So. Um, the wonderful Antonio Sanchez mm -hmm. uh, nominated. He said, I nominate Peter Erskine for, you know, there's 10 drum tracks or whatever. So I do the 10 drum tracks and I'm like, this is not enough. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I nominate myself. I'm going to do 50. <laughs> and I'm about three or four days into, it, I went, 50 is not going to be enough. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to make the spreadsheet. And so I, I make an announcement. No, excuse me. 100. 100. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I said, that's not enough. So I, I, I just came out of infinity, which, which, you know, you know, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am yeah. I? I know you are, but what am I? Infinity. Infinity. You know, right? The yeah. Pee Wee Herman thing. So I just go infinity drummers. And um, our good buddy Scott Goodman calls me up. Scott Goodman's the, the, the president of, of Zoom North America, also a drummer. Um, 
and big music guy. industry giant and and great yeah. guy and and scott says he goes pete this this infinity drummer's listening he goes you you own this now this is like great i said well it's you know it's a vanity right. thing in that i like playing dj but um i really just want to highlight the the, the ultimate goal is that everyone realizes not only is there so much great music out there, but it's being made by all the yous and me's and everyone. It's not the 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 top twenty ridiculous yeah. Yeah. legendary drummers that none of us could hope to be. Yeah. These are everyday musicians, right place, right time, playing the right beat. Perfect. Yeah. And so the good folks at Modern Drummer, um, want to collaborate we're going to make an ebook out of this and and it's going to be pretty great uh, i hope they don't mind my letting this cat out of the bag um you know there's Sorry. no copyright issues because everything has been cleared on youtube they're dynamic links i'm i can now add additional listening links i'm going to work on the text but modern drummer has all the photos of just about every drummer yeah yeah right wow. so it's good so it's going to be very special and a great resource for fun, for study, educationally. Um, I'm really excited about that. So that's that's the next project I'm going to be working on. But the other collaboration of note, like you s said earlier, I did catch that, the Musician's Lifeline with Dave Black. I sent out seven questions to 250 colleagues, friends, heroes. We got 165 responses. It was pretty good. Um, from the greatest musicians, uh, you know, some of it does have to do with travel and the kind of performing advice that only has relevance to when we're not all in lockdown. Mm -hmm. But a lot of other things in here that, uh, I'll, I'll, okay, one give, I'll, I'll give away one of the uh, results. One of the questions was, is there anything you, you, you know, what's the one thing you would do differently in your education or your career? Um, and the overwhelming response was, I would have studied piano more, more seriously. But socks. <laughs> Try the underwear. Mac, Mac Weldon bombed his underwear and, yeah. Max Wel Mac Weldon, like a truck? Ma Mac, Mac Weldon, yeah. Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon. No, um, you can say anything you want. I'm just looking to see no. if... Um, Larry Finn is watching. Larry Larry teaches at Berkeley. I think you know Larry. Hey, Larry. Um, what a what a great school. That uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I've been working a lot more uh, lately with uh, you know Steve Bailey and Victor Wooten. Um, hey, you know what, Victor? Uh, I turned them on to this ATEM video switching thing, but then Victor really went down the rabbit hole and he's become an expert. Mm. And so he taught me. And. I said to my wife afterwards, I said, yeah, this guy is a great teacher. His patience, his, I said, I was amazed. I said, it's, and it's fun, even, you know, if you're 66 years old to receive instruction. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, learning is the best thing in the world. And uh, we get it wherever we can find it. That's uh, my, my daughter for, for uh, Christmas. She, um, she got me a subscription to, I think it's called Master. What is it? Master Class? Oh, yeah. Master. Yeah, Master Class. That's great yeah, stuff. Class. So working on my uh, my kitchen, uh, my 
yeah. life technique a little bit. And you you can that you can there's so many yeah, the dog training. Is, we're doing yeah. we're doing dog training. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of things I didn't know. Um, they're good. They're, uh, they're, my one criticism is that each one starts with this kind of cinematic overview. And as you're changing topics, you don't want to miss anything, but it's like, okay, I yeah. kinda, that's enough of the artfulness. So I learned something from that. Like people want information. You know, real quick, back to Victor Wooten for one second. You re- reminded me that, <clears throat> excuse me, when I first got an iPhone, I want to say, in 2008 whichever generation or you remember the year i do i do i remember Why? It was, i because it was the year that we were doing the ginger baker tribute uh, in london and i remember getting the iphone that summer or fall and going to london with it you know like in uh, you know august or september and for the first time having no issues whatsoever remember in the old days when you go to europe and you had to, I felt like you had to, you know, hold your phone up to the sky and have the gods bless it to make the you internet work. Did you, did you have the same thing? Cause I took mine to London when I first got it and I'm showing it off and my, my, my bill, my internet connect bill. Cause I was using the you know, wireless. Yeah. Was hundreds of dollars. It was crazy. I, I, the company paid for it. It was, but I remember that we then got on a, we then got on a data plan for international because I was going there so much into Europe and using, it was still kind of a new thing to be using a wireless device at that time. You know, I had the Blackberry, but, and that was always, you know, it, it was hit or miss with it. I'd get there and it would work perfectly or other times I'd have to keep turning it on and off to get it to find the satellite, but the iPhone worked perfectly. But anyway, it was that year. And I remember at the Montreal Drum Fest, I think it was that same year, I was having dinner. Dennis Chambers played, and Victor, him and Victor played together. And, and uh, we were having dinner at that uh, Italian restaurant we probably went to. I was, I was there, too, that year, wasn't I? You were there that year with Alex. Was that, that the year you were with Alex? I think, yeah, I think so. Because I've seen to remember Dennis was there with Victor. Yeah. And then I think JoJo also showed up. That uh, sounds right. I remember we went to dinner at a, at a place way across town with Alex, you, me, yep. Vic. Yep, Italian I think place. Jules. Yeah, Italian place. But yeah. I'm sitting there, and, and Victor was an absolute genius whiz with the iPhone, like, you know, showing me, and back then, it, you know, compared to what you can do with it now, it was nothing. But he's, like, showing me how to, I forget, but, like, with, you know, you can change the font style with this, and you can do this with it. And I'm like, wow. You know, I had oh, no yeah. idea. But yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's he's smart. He investigates stuff, and if if he gets if he touches something, he wants to get like he wants yeah. to really get to know it and to know it. Yeah. And I was astonished at, at what he was telling me, but the manner that uh, and I thought, boy, Berkeley's, yeah, you know, it's it's great school, great facilities, yeah, uh, wonderful magnet. Um, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of great schools. Uh, Joe LaBarbera is teaching at Cal Arts. I think that's a, f- a phenomenal school. A lot of the state colleges in California are good. I'm I'm proud of what we got going at at the Thornton School of Music at USC. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all everyone's doing their best, and, and very much so the students, as well as administrators, supporting us. But you know, this lockdown hasn't been easy for for anybody. 
Um, no. And uh, just we all got to just find the the silver linings, you know. And like I said at the beginning of this, John, I think it, it actually, I think it saved, literally it saved my life. Um, and sure, you know, I can't begin to describe the, the financial uh, loss impact. Um, and I better yeah. stop ordering all this crap from Amazon because I'm not going to have any money. <laughs> but that said, it's it's been pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Fun, yeah, fun I'll stuff. just. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I was just going to say, I don't miss traveling. I really don't. Not, I mean, I, I do and I don't, but I. Oh, let's see what you get there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My new snare drum. Wow. Fantastic. How does it sound? Does it sound good? It sounds beautiful. Yeah. Four and a half inches by 14. Spruce and maple. Okay. Reinforcing ring on the top, not on the bottom. Got that inspiration from Bob Becker and Bill Platt. Stick saver hoops, eight lugs. My favorite strainer of Thomas, this guy right here. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm supposed to mention the price, um, <clears throat> but even though it's a signature drum, the priority all along is that this has to be affordable so everyone can get a jazz snare as part of their setup. Responsive, delicate, you know, yeah. take care of all those those kind of snare needs. Excuse me. Um, Oh yeah, the my one little detail I really like the uh for the air vent we have a uh, got a little wood grommet there. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Um the wood is beautiful. Yeah, the wood, it's just gorgeous and wow. and it's made in Japan. And you won't believe the price. It's it's it it's below that price point that you like think this is what a and for a signature snare drum, it's it's outrageously because my other signature drum, the smaller one, was outrageously expensive. <laughs> um, stave drum, it's incredible. It's a great great yeah. instrument, but but this is, um, how should I put it? I mean, this is this is like Tesla performance at at a uh, Prius price. At, at, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's, I was going to say Ford Pinto, but that's, that's not, we don't <laughs> I mean, is it is it Which, in the? I had a Ford. Yeah, my sister had. Is, by the way, Sherry Rubin says Peter can play any instrument, and it sounds amazing. No, I I have to play my snare drum. That's right, and even better. Is it <laughs> is it in like the retailing under a thousand dollar kind of price range? Oh, way by under. half. By half. by half. That blows my mind. It blows my mind too, and it, it blew my mind because and it blew their mind when I brought it up, and they were like, "Really?" I said, "Yep." I said, "Otherwise, not interested." And they figured out how to do it. Wow. I, I, and that was the same thing with the, 
you know, I mean, this is a signature. The symbol stand, the, yeah. the hard, the simple stands were not signature, but the, that was the deal. I said, I will, I will, I will, uh, I will go to Tama if you promise to make this symbol stand. Right. You have to make this, and boy, did they make it because I wanted, you know, that. I mean, not to go into messy history of it, but that, that was that was the main reason I left Yamaha, kind of in a in a snit. Uh, because uh, uh, you know, remember the old, uh, you know, I sat down to play piano and everyone laughed. Uh, I, I sat down at the R and D meeting and brought up a f- flat bass cymbal stand and everybody laughed. Um, uh, and and so Tama was like, "Yeah, we'll make it." And they even let me pick the font on the packaging, and and I tried to make it. I mean, I didn't want to copy the old Ludwig, you know, whatever. So I uh, actually the font is it's a copy of the old Sony font like it's called clarendon uh but right. i f- i felt that spoke 1960s and and they they, they chose a color that was like that's very 1960s thing so the whole experience and you know i'll tell you I, I i still i was i was at school going through some old hardware uh just yesterday and 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 uh, as we're you know setting up for this uh uh, there we are. Uh, the wait, wait, wait. You know this lesson pod. Um, that cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, and uh, some of this hardware uh, was just so unpleasant to the touch. You know the 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 the, the, the way the, the the plating of the metal, and mm-hmm. and and um. You know, I, just everything about these drums. I I love these drums. I I uh, let's see. I uh, there's my uh, overhead. It it's, a, it's a ten inch ten inch deep bass drum. I use it for all my recording work because in this, I'll show you my room. Uh, there's my uh, marimba, and that's my old Steve Maxwell Rogers drum set. They've got some acoustic treatment and stuff, piano over there. But, you know, it's not its not a large room. It's a two-car garage, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the smaller depth bass drum just really seems to work well in here. Sounds that's their, that's their uh, uh, I think they what they call the Neo Mod kit. Uh, anyway, yeah. so uh, they're just, they're, they're great people on their design team and the artist, artist rep team. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I'm just I'm 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 set, man. I got I got all the symbols I want, sticks, drum heads. Uh, you know, I don't go through drum heads that often. I don't go through sticks that often. Um, and I got all the symbols I want. Although I did, I did get I did ask for a new flat ride. I'm going to try try this puppy out. Is that a prototype? K. No, it's a no. K. It's a, it's a K flat. Light. Light flat, kind of interesting. Oh, I I yeah. think I I like the the other K. It's a little thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is interesting. I mean, it definitely has a, a more complex kind of uh, tonal profile, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, everyone, you know, stay well. Keep wearing the masks. We're we're not around the corner yet, but with with the with the the miracle of science, and the new management in charge, at the top, and and people getting vaccinated, and if we all pitch in, we can we can beat this thing. 
Or at least yep. coexist. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I'm, I'm getting my first shot on Monday. I don't know if I told you that, Pete, but yeah, I, um, I, I caught it on, on the intro and, and uh, yeah. whatever, whatever shot it is, it's a winner. I agree. J and J would be great. Cause you only need to get one. Yeah, that would be ideal, wow. but, but I'm fine if I have to come back and, you know, yeah, yeah. we're, we're Pfizer. We were, uh, uh, we're about a month uh, past our, 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 our second dose of the Pfizer and um, it's good. It's nice. Yeah. You know, I yeah. actually can have lunch with my kids again. I know. Imagine that just little things like that. I'm so looking forward to just, yes, let alone other things like playing music with our friends, but I'll start and with I, lunch and, and grandkids and yeah. I'm great. I'm going to join the grand uh, granddad club, John, in, in, in two three weeks, I think. Okay, you know, I've been meaning to ask you about that. Wow. I can't wait well, to get to hear the news. I looked apart, so now I'm gonna act the part. <laughs> oh, you're gonna love it. You guys are gonna love it. You're just I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm so excited. And uh it's gonna be Maya's baby son and uh uh father. We love him, he's great. Uh so we're just we're really thrilled. And that's all I'll say about that. Okay. That's exciting news. All right. Well,